Welcome to a Healing Peace Podcast. My name is Kimir Baker. I am an overcomer. I am very passionate about helping others to achieve an abundant life fueled by spiritual principles and emotional balance. In this podcast series, we delve into spiritual self-care. Yes, we will explore exercising our minds and bodies, but more importantly, we will discuss strengthening our inner being, embracing God's love, and being filled by the fullness of God. As you take this journey with us, we want to inspire possessing your authentic selves and happiness. Hello, ladies. Welcome back. I know we've been doing something different for the love month this February, and we're talking about that love. If you were with us last week, we were sharing about just how can we love ourselves, love God, and love others. But in terms of new information, it's always good to be able to come back and get some practicals, like how can I make this part of my everyday? And today I have a great friend joining the show. Shana, tell us who you are. <laughs> Hi, thank you for having me. Um, I know it's been years, so I'm definitely, I'm glad that we had an opportunity to come and connect for everyone. I'm new to the podcast and you're probably new to me. My name is Shauna Campbell and I am a self-love empowerment coach. So, yeah, so I went through a name title change when I first started out. I was titled a love coach and that kind of got confusing because it wasn't really clear. So people probably assigned that title, my position as, I don't know, matchmaker, dating coach or relationship coach. And it wasn't that far off because I would definitely work with you know women regarding those things. But because at the end of the day, I was still my premise of my work. I always go back to self. I always went back to self-love. So give you a little brief background. Um, I was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. My family's from the Caribbean, particularly Jamaica. I have a degree, a bachelor's degree in psychology, and I have a master's degree in marriage and family therapy. And it wasn't until 2013, like six months after I graduated grad school, I had moved to Hawaii in 2013. And actually, that's when my self-love journey began. I was a client that became a coach. And it's interesting. And I'm sure many of you who are listening can relate when you experience any major life transitions whether like graduation or marriage or divorce, like those are typically times in your lives that you tend to reflect and look self within and like, okay, what's next, right? Like at that time, like I graduated, got my master's, I picked up, left Atlanta <laughs> and went to Hawaii. Like, wow, like those are two big milestones in my life. And I was like, okay, so I'm in this beautiful paradise. So <laughs> what now? <laughs> And one thing I did notice, even though I hit a lot of personal milestones, like graduate, especially me being the first one in my family, um, immediate family to, I guess, have a high degree is that, you know, me being first generation American. And I noticed that my love life was kind of like, hmm, like I never gave a lot of attention to that area of my life. I was just so focused on school and achievement and I wanted to nurture that part of myself and really to explore because I felt 
somewhat sheltered in that area. So I decided to like, well, I know I didn't want counseling or therapy. I'm not, I'm not against it because that's the field that I'm in, but I felt that was too like formal. And long story short, I found a love coach. I was like, well, that's different. And I started <laughs> taking the the uh, the program, coaching program. And for me, I was thinking, well, at the end of this, I'm going to get me a man. And that, that <laughs> happened. But what happened was that <laughs> I started to find me in the process. I started to learn and um, to identify my, my relationship and love patterns, right? More on a subconscious level. And mind you, like I said, like, I have a bachelor's degree in psychology and a master's in marriage and family therapy. But the coaching was a little bit different because it was just isolated in this aspect of my life that I neglected or I didn't see it as a value because I don't know how most of you are like, I know growing up first generation, like for women, especially people that look like me and my demographic, like a black woman is really preached, like go to school, get an education. So really looking for a relationship wasn't like a priority. So I don't want to sidetrack. So long story short, through the process, I really learned about myself, really learning about my patterns, my unconscious thoughts about relationship. And really what it came down to, like, I didn't love myself. And that was hard pill to swallow. I'm like, yeah, I don't love myself because I love God. I love me. Like, how can I not love myself? But there were some aspects of myself unconsciously that didn't show up that I didn't see myself as worthy Mm -hmm. or desirable to want to have that relationships. And and maybe throughout our time with Kamir, maybe I could probably go a little bit more deeper in that. But at the end of the day, it was a self-love journey about myself. And through that process, I was a client, become a coach and work with other women for them to get to a level and a place in their life to love themselves because my philosophy is you need to know who you are in order to know what you want in a suitable mate if that is a desire for if that's a desire for you well you shared a lot of good information (laughs) and one of the things that I appreciate your honesty in is about feeling unlovable so to speak and I know for myself that that was a a long awakening because it, it is, it's so subconscious. You're not really aware that that's what you're doing, that you're not uh, taking on those love attributes for who you are. And I know that I've gone through I think it's about like a 10 year period and, and it still is occurring where it's like, no, Kim Air, it is okay to love yourself and it's okay to uh, find out what that means. And it's, and you're not being selfish by doing that. When we do that, we have the opportunity to, I, I think, appreciate who God created us to be. Uh-huh. And so I'm excited because, again, I think, especially in our community, this is one of those conversations that you don't say out loud. Right. It's not. It's kind of like more of the external focus of life, right. not really yeah. the inner workings of your world. Yeah. Yes. So I'm excited that, that we're going to be bold enough. We're going to pull up our pants and we're going right. to talk about the things that we usually shy away from. And one yeah. of the things that you said in your intro as well as you're redefining yourself is the empowerment piece. Can uh-huh. you give a little bit more background to how that fits into your life coaching? Uh-huh. So 
my, I guess, core pillars or words is transform, empower, love, right? So transform, it starts from transforming your mindset, right? And it comes from, you know, the premise, regardless of your faith background or not, like transform from the renewing of your mind. So that's pretty much because transformation happens from the inside out. And it starts from a mindset, right? So once you become transformed, you start living from a different space that's more empowered, right? So you make different life decisions from an empowered place versus from a low level self-love. So that's the empowering piece. Because now you're living from a space that you're giving yourself permission to live the life that you were created to live mm-hmm. and stop asking other people for permission, right? And and the love aspect, too, is God is love, right? Mm-hmm. And I know there's many faith traditions, but I know in the Christian faith, like, when you look at Genesis, like, we're created in the image of God. So if I'm created in the image of God, so therefore, there's no lack or no limitation. Yeah. So me walking around with low self-esteem and there's lack and there's limitation, then I'm not embracing and embodying that aspect of myself. So just really, and I don't want to sound off, is this really helping? So like self-love is much deeper than I want to gain these things, but it's really remembering who you are at the end of the day. Right. And your true identity. Right. And and if you, when you're empowered, you're not going to walk and show up in life that way. Mm. Well, that's a drop the bike statement, though. Because I love to give, not give, not asking for permission. I'm like, oh, yeah, let me walk around with my head up and that it's okay for me to live the life that God has designed for me. And, and that's what we are about with the podcast and, and our nonprofit. So I feel like this is a perfect marriage. But I feel like I'm about to go on a tangent because I'm getting excited. I'm bringing it home, I'm bringing it home back. Yeah, but, but, but I, lo- I love how you're so passionate, though. So, I mean, don't apologize for that. But I got I got you. We, we just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. So, so let's talk about, you know, the things that we are experiencing now in this uh-huh. pandemic. What are the things that you're noticing as you're coaching women in terms of in the area of love and, and, and just being a part of having a new life, so to speak, being adjusted to a more homebody? You know, the, these, the person who I thought was going to be with me ain't with me. In this yeah. Space. So for me right now, um, I think with everyone else, like 2020 was going to be like my quote unquote reset in terms of like my coaching brand. You see what had happened was <laughs> pandemic <laughs> happened. So I kind of had to like put that down for a little bit, like, you know, and maybe, you know, and really kind of like rethink so, so I haven't been coaching clients, but I am in the process of slightly rebranding. So, but I can speak from the place of the counselor's aspects with, with clients. So I'll speak from that, which is not that different, but I know that depression mm-hmm. and anxiety has definitely increased. And, and also I think to just generally speaking, well, let me, you ask clients, let me get specific, then I can speak general. I know this season that we're in has triggered a lot of people to look within, right? For me personally, and it depends on how you tend to view and look at things and that doesn't dismiss like 
the things that are not favorable is happening. But initially, like, I was like, oh, this is like a divine timeout. Like, everybody's on timeout, right? Because you can't go nowhere. So you got to sit with yourself. And and I think a lot of the calls that that came is like a lot of things people had time to either they're not working or they had a lot of time to think. So a lot of probably like things from the past start coming up, right? Maybe like some childhood traumas. Like, man, I think I always wanted to seek a counselor or get help for this, but I feel like now is the time to do it. Or people who are in relationships, they're, you know, now you're in a house with your spouse or significant others when you're used to like one person being out the house all the time or both. So it's like, wow, I'm really getting to know who this person is, right? So depending on it, it could make people grow apart or grow closer together. So so definitely, I think 2020 for a lot of people was definitely a revelation in a sense of revealing who you are or want to be on that quest to discover and really address certain things in your life you haven't addressed. I don't know if that answered the question. Yeah. And, and what you've expressed, I mean, I've definitely heard in conversations with people and, and one of them in particular is, well, you know, I had to learn how to deal with my emotions because mm-hmm. before, you know, I was doing all that running around. I, I had the opportunity to bury those things. It's not consciously like I'm deliberately trying to bury my emotions. Right. But, you had those distractions. You had work as a distraction. You had all these other things, but you can't run from yourself anymore once you like in timeout. Right. And so how does that correspond from the aspect of, you know, I I have these emotions, I have these things that I need to work through as an individual. What about, how does that marriage with love and me being able to understand who I am in the process and love myself in the midst of all of that unraveling? Mm -hmm. Well, I would say one, it takes courage to love. And I think it takes greater courage to love yourself. And I think you touched on it earlier about the permission piece that we haven't given ourselves the luxury or the permission to really look within. So I think when people reach out, sometimes it can be a scary process. Like if I try to figure this out on my own, like what else stuff comes up and I don't know what to do with it, right? And I get stuck. So I think that's the time that a person may want a, a mediator or a third party to come in to help and walk alongside them to kind of like process those things and try to get understanding of why I feel the way I feel, right? And also they probably gain more insights and also gain like the tools that they need so they can become more emotionally self-sufficient, right? So that's how it's met. And I think just really, I think honestly, just really for me, just holding that space for someone to be expressive, to really address themselves in a way, in a non-judgment space so they could be unfiltered and uncensored because either they haven't been around people or spaces that they could feel fully themselves to address these things that they're thinking or what they're feeling, right? Yeah. And they come to someone like me that they could feel free to maybe for the first time in a long time to get in touch with their feelings and not avoiding it, not running away from it, not numbing it, 
because you can bury and hide, but that's it's always going to come up. So once you start looking at it and start addressing it, I think it goes back to the empowerment piece because now you don't give it that that power anymore, but you taking back the power. If that makes sense. Sure. The things that you identify with the not judgment space, the authenticity, uh-huh. not numbing, would that be considered probably a new way of thinking about love and how to be in love? Could you clarify that in terms of the numbing? Could you clarify a little more? Yeah, like with, okay. like those principles. And uh-huh. Of like the holding space part? Yeah, being authentic, not numbing, being empowered. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I, and I know we kind of already touched on it, so I guess I'm giving myself my own answer, but I just wanted us to be <laughs> out a little bit more. Because as you describe those things, it, it comes across that this is an opportunity to rethink how we are receiving love and, and how we're going about uh, being these things for ourselves. Yeah, because I think it just causes more self-awareness, right? Because if you've been with you your whole life, you've just been in your head and hadn't had like an outlet to express, you're kind of like just recycling the same emotions and thought. Mm-hmm. So when you are connected with someone to kind of like someone that could give you a objective point of view or feedback, you're like, oh, wow, now you could really take the time to examine your mind, right? Like maybe when you're a teenager, maybe certain beliefs or things that you held was like for that time frame, it was suitable. But if you're in your 30s, 40s, like maybe that's outdated and you may need to look at this again. You know what I mean? So what worked as a teenager or your 20s or whatever may not work where you are in life right now. And also the examination could be like certain belief systems that you hold, like it was that really your conviction or someone else's and you took it as yourself or you believed in other people's truth about who you are, right? Or seemingly truth, I should say, right? Like, for example, if someone says like, oh, you're not going to amount to nothing, right? And if you've been in an environment space, you heard that your own whole life, eventually you may accept that as a truth when it's really false. So you've been conditioned, right? Mm -hmm. So once you come in contact with your emotions and um, gain more insight and really examine in certain things that you held as truth and really examine it, then you can make a decision like, okay, am I going to keep this? Or do I need to refine this more? You know what I mean? So it's just really going with and because there are certain things that's outdated and you're still operating from and you probably see why you're not getting the results that you want. So I think a lot of the self-love process is really about not so much gaining and taking more information, but just really examining and unlearning a lot of things to mm-hmm. relearn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I definitely appreciate you sharing that because when you began talking about self-awareness, one of the things that hit my mind was, oh, this is a moment where we have the opportunity to be honest with ourselves. Yeah. yeah and self-awareness, it brings about that piece of, okay, this is what's really going on. And it's okay for me to be in this place at this moment instead uh-huh. of condemning that, but then thinking, okay, 
Now, how do I move forward? How can I get to that place of a new, and I think that's part of your statements in the beginning about having that transformed mind. You know, it's like I have the information, so now let me get to that place where I have new ways of going about being loved and being secure in that love. So I definitely appreciate you sharing that, especially about things being dated. I don't know how many times people tell me in a nice way that the stuff that I wear is quite retro. (laughs) (laughs) That it lasts decades. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes our maturity level needs to mature and who we are should also not last for decades. Right. Well, I think there's a little bit of difference between style and mindset, you know, because I may work in certain spaces, but I get what you mean. Yeah, Yeah, it's more in the sense of because we get comfortable with that item or that style. And I think that could be similar to uh, who we are as people. We get comfortable with them. And then we don't allow ourselves to take that growth process. Right. And we're creatures of habit. And also another thing I will say, too, it could be a level of comfortability. But also I think the other aspect, too, could be some people haven't been exposed to anything different. Mm-hmm. So they think this is, mm-hmm. this is it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So until if they are exposed to something different, like, huh, okay, so I could have a different life. Like, oh, I don't have to be in relationships that are toxic because mm-hmm. I probably grew up in a family or an environment that's, you know, and so someone actually treats me nice, right? Mm-hmm. Or someone always, they're just never left their neighborhood, right? So they only, so their mind is conditioned to see what's around them. But if they ever took a trip outside and see something else, it, you know, now they start to question like, how come this person get this results? You know what I mean? So yeah. I think also to like exposure or lack of exposure could play a factor as well. Sure. And you kind of, you kind of said a word that triggered a thought for me in terms mm-hmm. of relationships. And I, I'm, I'm like, okay. This is love month. This is February. And, and next week is going to be Valentine's Day. It, okay. Yeah, yeah, that is coming. And so in the things that you shared, one of the things that is very clear for me, because I am a woman, that I do have a strong desire to, to be loved. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, relationships are built around that desire. And so, right. so you help us walk us through like what it means to look at what we should be pursuing in relationships, uh, how to look for it. And maybe this may not be that time for a relationship. Can you kind of talk us through <laughs> Well, first, I say usually love starts with you. Oh. So you oh. got to look within. So, and, and this is what I touched on earlier. Remember I told you like what my title, I was like, I was just um, self, uh, like love coach. So everyone had their own interpretation. Like, so it was pretty much like, okay, girl, like it was kind of, even though they didn't say, but it's like, okay, so how can I get a man? Right. right. Because like, yeah, yeah, I know all about that self-love stuff. But for me, like, I just need to know what I need to do <laughs> to get uh-huh. the second person, right? But for me, I bring it back to self because that's foundational for any relationship. Self-love is foundation for any relationship. So depending where you are in your level of self-love, so it's not, it's not even an issue of you want to date or want to be in a relationship, but is it suitable 
for you is in the alignment of who you are. So, so I know people want to like skip that process, but I think that's very typical and common, right? So when I kind of like, you know, we'll get people to like, all right, like I see, I see the goal, but but first we gotta look, we gotta go here first, right? Mm-hmm. Like we gotta look at. I want to know like your love and dating history, right? I want to see if there's any patterns because. Mm-hmm. It's more than just, okay, girl, wear this cute outfit and get the shoes. Like, yeah, you could attract anyone. You could get a date, you know what I mean? But you need to know what you want and what you're ready for in a relationship if that is a real desire. So you can't be out here like, I don't know what I want. I just want somebody to love me. Like, okay, but what does that look like? Mm -hmm. So very personal for everyone. So I think one, I would say self-love is the foundation, right? I would say two, uh, and this, these are not in order. I'm just going, I'm just kind of going off the top of my head. I was like, two will also be identifying your love patterns and relationship patterns, right? For example, if I speak to women like, oh my gosh, all I always attract men who are emotionally unavailable, mm-hmm. right? At some point, who's the common denominator? I'm sure if you had eight relationships, different times and space of your life, I'm sure these men did not have a secret meeting and like, all right, we're going to get together. You know what I mean? So the the common denominator is you. So usually when I ask that question, they said me and I, and I quickly follow up. Like it's not a place of shame or blame. It goes back to self-awareness because everything is from a subconscious level. Mm -hmm. So if you keep attracting these people, these men who are unavailable, as a coach, I'm going to ask you, where do you think in your life, where are you emotionally unavailable, right? And mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be a literal translation um, in terms of where are some aspects of yourself that you don't show up for yourself, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, and these persons may come up, right? So when you gain more self-awareness, you are now you can identify the red flags because you've seen the patterns within yourself like okay now I notice like I have the tendency to attract these type of people because I may stay in relationships longer than I should have when I'm known like within 30 days I'm like man I shouldn't but because I want to be loved because I really see a, this a potential in someone I'm gonna I'm gonna ride it out mm-hmm. when maybe week two of the person you got that like narcissist like <laughs> you need to not entertain this anymore right so and so that becomes i think having trust issues with yourself right not trusting your own judgment sometimes not sometimes can oftentimes make you stay in situations longer than you should have um second guess your decisions right so when you really grow in self-love and identifying the things that you value i think you date differently you know the questions you need to ask, right? Because, and also you won't entertain everyone that comes into your space because not everyone needs to be entertained, right? right? Mm-hmm. So, so now you could really be intentional and purposeful when you connect with people because now, like I stated earlier, my tagline or philosophy, like you need to know who you are in order to know what you want in a suitable mate. So if you don't know that, then anyone could come up in your space and waste your time. And I use that um, 
lightly because you could still learn from those experiences. I think it could just reduce a lot of the things, but being confident in yourself because you know what you want and not settling. Yeah. And I definitely appreciate all that you shared in the process. I took, I took notes for myself. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know if I was rambling, but let me just. No, but one thing that really stands out is when you're in that self-awareness, in that framework of addressing who you are, it it does overflow with what you attract. And so I I do appreciate you sharing that because I I know sometimes we just want the end result. And I know that's what gets me in trouble. I just, I just want, I just want the end result. Right. I just want me a man. I just want to get married. And, and one thing I, I, I want to say, I want to add too, because you touched on desire. Before I do get to that, one of the things too, the key of self-love and self-awareness, right? You may not be attracted to the same thing anymore because you mm-hmm. outgrown that old version of you, right? Yeah. So once you grow in self-love and know your value, know who you are, you can't tolerate the things you used to tolerate. So that would your taste in quote unquote will change too, right? Because if you've been through a lot of BS in relationship, you got identified on red flags right away. So that's one of the advantages that you will have too, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so the desire piece I want to get to is that if someone, if you do desire to be in a relationship, that's not a bad thing because God gave us the desires of our heart. Mm-hmm. So why minimize or think that's a bad thing when it's given to us? So that's all. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's for somebody, but yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate everything that you've shared so far. And, and I'm looking at the time and we're actually a little bit over, but I, I enjoyed the conversation so much. <laughs> but I also realized that I'm not done picking your brain. And so I will look. <laughs> yes. Oh, Wonderful. And, and for those who have been with me for a while, you, you do know that when I run out of time, come back. And next week is actually the the aftermath of Valentine's. So there's still a little bit more that I would love. That's aftermath. Talk. That sounds dangerous. Go ahead. Okay. For others who have more positive experience, <laughs> you would not use that terminology. I think I've exposed a little too much about myself on that statement. But I definitely would love you guys to come back and, and be empowered and per- giving yourself permission to be loved and to feel loved and to be able to give that to others. And before I close out, I almost forgot. I want to remind you, lovely ladies, that we are doing our first workshop of this year. It's going to be dynamic because we're talking about how to be honest with ourselves. We're going to look at praying. We're going to look at journaling. And having those wonderful self-reflection moments, some of the things that we talked about throughout the podcast today in terms of being self-aware and what that looks like and being in a healthy place to start that dialogue. So that's going to be Tuesday, February 16th, 7 p.m. CST. And we have a small donation fee of $3. Go ahead and help us out. It will cover our technology fee to be more exact. But come back next week, Tuesday. We we have some more great questions. Shauna's going to be with us. See you next week. 